Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall style podcast about WordPress, business and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains. And Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pressing Matters. Jack, how how's things going with you? Are you good? Yeah, good. Yeah, um, been working on a new site build the last couple of weeks, basically since uh, we got back from uh, in the new year after Christmas, uh, which is all going well. It's all um, it's all good. It's all importing uh, feeds from like JSON feeds into WordPress for all the post types, and then designing all the pages around them really laying them all out around them so um it's good it's just a, it's just a, a lot of work as uh, new sites are or migrating uh, old sites to to wordpress is um and it's quite a hefty site quite big i think i've i've hit like 50 gigabytes worth of images so um yeah it's uh it's meaty but it's good fun so yeah how about you yeah no i'm good thank you i'm just uh doing the usual work for delicious brains and kind of concentrating this at the start of the year definitely on marketing for my plugins so yeah i've been trying to i've been going down content marketing and it trying to improve a bit of seo but yeah other than that I, i'm good and it's interesting that you're talking well you're doing a new site build at the moment because we've got a guest on today to talk about wordpress sites and how i guess people build them and um kind of a, an angle of how to build using uh, some stuff so without further ado mark wilkinson thank you very much for coming on um you're welcome yeah thank do you want to just tell me. us yeah tell us about i guess why we're, we're talking to you today because i obviously invited you on but there's a reason behind it yeah so i had uh, recently had a client come to us so we, we do quite a lot of integrations with some job posting services and the client came to us and asked us um can we integrate with them with their new WordPress website? And they had another agency building the site. So we came, we had a look. So I said, you know, can I have a look at the WordPress install and, and login and so forth? And can I see some of the code just to make sure that there's nothing strange going on that means we can't do the integration? Um, so I logged in, uh, all seemed good. It was on a good host. Uh, and then I sort of had a look at some of the code and I was, I just couldn't make head and tail of it. <laughs> this, this wasn't WordPress. This was, oh dear, what's, what's going on here? Um, so it turns out, after a bit of research, it was using uh, something called Timber and a templating engine called Twig. Now, I don't know an awful lot about them, so I apologise for that, but someone else might. Now, I believe that they are a way of separating like the, the back-end and the front-end so that the front-end devs can do the, the markup much more easily. But the way... Obviously, it just wasn't WordPress, um, and I had to go back to the client and say... You know, we can still do this for you, but we're going to have to talk to your developers about it and understand how the, the code is made and how we can interact with the code, etc. And that would obviously increase the cost of the integration. Um, and hence, hence, I, I think I put a tweet out on the day saying, oh my God, you know, why are people doing this? And I was just a bit frustrated. Uh, and then we had a little chat on Twitter, didn't we, about it and so on. And then, and then we decided this might be a good little discussion for the podcast. So that's kind of the background of it anyway, uh, as to, to how, it's, uh, how it's happened. Yeah, I'm glad you've given us a bit more context around it as well, because I think when I saw your tweet and you were like, Twig, Timber, why in WordPress? Um, I, I For some reason, I thought you were just like forcing yourself to start with 
a new way of building WordPress sites and you were like experimenting with this framework and a different way of working and then just going, oh, why would you do this? And I was kind of thinking, well, perhaps it's it's good for some people and but if you know it doesn't work for you then you know don't don't use it kind of thing but because you've got this integration so is it your plugin that you're integrating with that you needed to like add parts to theme templates and then you were looking at it going hang on where's the single dot php where's the, absolutely you know, yeah yeah. yeah, so uh, we need to sort of add some templates sometimes. It, it, sometimes we don't, sometimes we do. It depends what they've got. But yeah, so adding templates. And I, I was looking like, wh where's the job single page? Because I knew there was a post type for jobs. I could see it in the WordPress, the WordPress admin. Um, but where was the, the single template for the job? Couldn't find that at all. In fact, I still can't find it. Don't know where it is. <laughs> um, just, there was a single.php, but then inside that, there was basically nothing. It just kind of said, I can't remember what it was, like timber start or something. I don't know. Um, it was really difficult to understand. Then I couldn't even find like where the job post type was defined. Um, think I got there in the end, and again it was sort of in the theme functions file, but it wasn't like a register post type that we'd see. It was some other sort of framework that then registers it for them, and it was also all very strange. So I was trying to find out what data do the jobs have, how is that data stored, because we need to obviously save the data when, when the job arrives from the external service in the same way. And that was difficult to understand. Um, so those are the sorts of things that we have to integrate with. And being non-WordPress made it very difficult. Yeah, it's interesting you say it's non-WordPress because it is, I guess it's just, it's a layer on top of WordPress, isn't it? And it's it's another yeah. abstraction that, I guess, the reason why it's been built, and there are like a huge amount of people using Timber um, and some, you know, big fans of it. But it's, I guess it is to make it easier. But then when we started having that discussion, it's obviously easier for the devs of that site who's done it. But, you know, very hard to, for someone to come in cold and go, huh, where, where is everything? Yeah, I think, I think I was looking at it from the client's point of view, really. So, mm. you know, I don't, I don't know whether this client was sort of thinking, oh, we've got this WordPress site, it'll be really flexible because it's in WordPress and there's loads of WordPress developers. So if we want to do anything in the future, that's what we can do. I don't know whether they were coming at it from that angle, but I know some clients do. You know they want to they want WordPress because it is flexible. It's open source, and we can. There's lots of stuff out there that you can integrate and use. And in this instance, that's not what the client was delivered because, you know, anyone else coming in to, to do anything else with that site, whether it was they want to buy a plugin to do something with it in the future, but it won't work because of the way they've done it. Whether it's something that we were doing an integration, you know, they they it's not as easy for them essentially unless you know timber and twig and if you do then that's great um so for the client's point of view it's quite frustrating because they've spent all this money on this website and then they want this extra thing integrating which you know should cost x but is now going to cost four times x because whoever's integrating that needs to spend lots more time understanding it and i think from the client's point of view that's quite frustrating that they can't you know make use of the the flexibility of wordpress mm. because they've kind of been locked in in terms of what they've used. And I, I, I get that it, it does speed development up for those who know how to use it. I don't, I don't dispute that at all. Um, but I think, I suppose the question is, when is it a benefit for an agency and a client to use something like this? Because it might be that because the agency use this, they can build it faster. And therefore, maybe 
they deliver projects cheaper to clients, which sounds great to the client. But then if they want to do anything else on that in the future, if that becomes three to four times more expensive than it should be, is is that benefit, the original mm. benefit, worth it? <laughs> yeah. And just uh, just more context around it, the, the client... Did they have in-house developers, or, or did was the site created by a, a third-party agency or third-party developers? Yeah, it was created by a third-party agency, so it was okay. um, a reason, reasonably largest agency, uh, not sort of like hundred people agency, but certainly bigger than we are in terms of a couple of people. But so obviously, I think they've they've obviously taken on Timber and Twig because it's speeding up their their yeah. task with their team. I, I don't. That's fine, you know. That's yeah. That's the thing. I think there's a couple of things there. The, there's. <clears throat> Yeah, agencies and you know just even freelance developers perhaps will use Timber and Twig because it makes them quicker. Maybe they probably don't charge a reduced rate because it's their faster down the line, but it's doing it for their benefit. And I think actually a lot of it is around developer happiness. It's probably easier for the developers to pick it up and use it because that's you know that they've been investigating like a new framework or a new way of doing something, and it's nicer for them. But I think you make a really good point. Is that a bigger cost that the client's going to have to shoulder down the line? Um, and I guess because you obviously building sites with High Rise Digital, you and Keith, we've had you both on the show before. And yep. Jack, you know, you just mentioned before, you're in a big site build at the moment. I don't personally build sites for clients at the moment. So I'm interested in what you both use as a starting theme or a starting point for a site. And are you both considering like this question that Mark's raising, like a sustainability for the client? Do we care as WordPress developers, agencies, you know, people who are building sites, what a client does with their site once you're done with that build? Like, or are we trying to make maintainable um, sites? Yeah, it's sorry, Jack, you go. I I was just going to say, no, it's it's interesting because. I haven't had a lot of experience with Timber or come across it all that much. Um, I did watch a talk about it a few years ago and uh, at a WordCamp, and they sort of raved about the ability to d- just reuse like blocks of code, essentially, which I think is the angle that Timber has. That, you know, you can. It's very easy to keep reusing sections of code and kind of essentially a, almost like injecting in your data into. Uh, you know a, a, a file and then keep using it again and again for I guess different post types different sections of the site but I'm not convinced myself of, of the added benefit of doing it that way other than doing it a slightly different way and the thing which is a bit of a shame because you know when when you a lot of people especially in WordPress you know it comes with jQuery you're right you write you write jQuery you don't write JavaScript you know and if you're doing CSS, I know most people that write CSS, you know, for kind of a living or as part of, of their theme build, they'll write in SAS or less usually. Um, I know going back to writing just pure CSS is actually um, quite quite popular again at the moment, you know, in, in terms of just trying to understand the structure of it and get it nice and neat. So kind of going again, kind of, you know, abstracting away from the original language, like using something like, um, twig or timber to kind of replace elements of PHP kind of makes sense in in the the theme development world that we're in but at the same time I, I'm looking at some of the examples they got and it seems to be the same number of lines of code uh, to do the same amount of thing 
but it's just not PHP. So it's kind of another language that you have to learn. Uh, but the thing is, is things like you look at like jQuery, and yes, it's slightly different, but it seems to be a more simplified version of JavaScript. It's and it's easier to read, and it's um, it's meant to be you know again that take you know that layer of abstraction for you. But I wouldn't say that that's the same with Twig. Uh, sorry, with Timber. Uh, just having a look at it now, um, I, I'm confused as to where and why you'd use it over using something like a basic PHP partial and kind of, you know, dropping in a variable into a, you know, get um, a get partial, get, um, was it, template part and things like that instead. Um, Mark, you've obviously spent more time, you know, looking at this for your client and the brief and things. What sort of conclusion have you come to about it? How do you feel? What do you feel that their their angle is in improving the way that we construct WordPress themes? Well, having not used Timber and Twig, I can't really answer and say that this is what it's good at and this is what it's bad at. What I can say is it's not what we're used to, and therefore it poses a problem to anyone else looking at it. But I think mm. you made a good point in that we, you know, as developers, we already use a lot of other tools. Um, that I suppose do the same thing. You know, you mentioned compilers for things like SAS and less. And mm. you could argue that, you know, they get in the way because someone can't just come in and edit CSS. But then I would actually argue that actually they can because what does SAS, particularly SAS, what does it produce? It produces CSS. So at the end of the day, you can just go and edit the CSS file that is produced if you were, you know, desperate to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Whereas this doesn't seem to do that. It doesn't it doesn't generate PHP that then someone else can manipulate. It, it mm. kind of, it, perhaps it does, but then you can't see it as a, as a developer. So it's slightly different for me in that it's harder to to, to integrate with because it, it, it isn't what we normally use. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at an example on, on, the, on the, the Timber site now, and it's, I think it's talking about outputting a, a post thumbnail. And, and yeah, it's much, much, much more straightforward. I think it's like, probably three lines of code in PHP, whereas it's just one in in, in Timber and Twig. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, that has benefits. But then is that is that better to have it done in a completely different way just to save yourself a couple of lines of code? I'm not so sure personally. Um, I, I think the, the probable saving isn't, you know, at the initial time of writing the code. And I think, you know, Timber and Twi Twig and this kind of framework isn't, the goal of it isn't to simplify the amount of lines of code you write or how long it takes to write the the code from from the get go but i think it's 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 the reusability aspect and the maintainability aspect so um for example that there's um as a talk i watched a guy called adam tomat who works for an agency uh, near southampton called rareloop and they've actually built a another package on top of timber called lumberjack um but his his talk was about using lumberjack and about why it becomes um much easier to um to reuse code and to to sort of maintain that code because i think they were working on sites that had so many kind of partial um components in their sites that they were then they could abstract to kind of like almost like a pattern library of like this is the call out this is the hero this is the uh i don't know the contact person um, card or whatever and their twig templates then became you know one twig template for this and they could reuse that across all the sites and just pass in different data 
to that. Um, so when it came for the front end developer to just go and change the HTML or maybe the styling of that, like they didn't need to get involved with kind of WordPress and making sure that the WordPress uh, single PHP in included a partial template, which was this PHP file, and then go into that and change this. All they changed was the the twig, um, which is effectively just HTML with some mm. um, like mustache like um, braces to to signify where like data is passed in and going to be used. And, and then like the back end devs were the ones just in charge of actually making sure that the data is kind of wrapped up nicely to be passed to these places. So when I, when I watched the talk, I remember thinking, God, that, that, that is good. And that does make it easier to um, perhaps to build like large scale sites where there's a lot of um, duplicated code or um, patterns of design that might be shared between lots of pages. Um, but I think it perhaps only works at a certain scale and whether or not that's the scale of the team a scale of the site that you're working on, the size. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's quite hard to compare Timber and Twig to like a jQuery thing. Like it doesn't simplify perhaps what you write, but it gives you, uh, you definitely have to be invested in what it will give you. Um, and obviously Mark coming from it, from your point of view where you're just literally bird's eyeing into an existing client with an agency and going, oh, what is this? Like that is, that is probably quite hard to do. And interestingly, did have you spoken to the developers? Have they sort of said, "Oh yeah, we we can sort this out," and or is it not um, at that stage yet? No. So the client has essentially um, come back and said, "No problem. We we're going to leave it. We can't do this at the moment because it's going to take too long and it's going to cost too much money." Yeah. Um, but never say never. We might do it in the future if that's if it becomes a priority. Um, but yeah, essentially, something something's going to cost. You know two or three times more than it should because of this, which yeah. I suppose you could argue that's that's a fault of us because we don't know it and maybe we should, but I'm not so sure. I think... Yeah, I, um, I don't think you can... I think it's just one of those things, isn't it, where things just don't align. Yeah. Um, and I think perhaps, like, maybe that happens with other things. I mean, Jack, I know you, you're quite a bit... Are you, are you a fan of Beaver Builder? Is that right for you building your site, sites out? Um, if it's a quick kind of um, job, so most of my, my work is on custom themes, but if I have to build something quite quickly within sort of a few days or something, then Beaver Builder is quite a good way of kind of dragging and dropping things around to give someone something, you know, in a very short space of time um, that still looks quite good uh, and easy to um, essentially sort of design on the page, you know, as it were, design in the browser. Um, so yeah, I, I do use Beaver Builder for that, but not for my custom themes. No, but I just wonder, like, is there a level of kind of, we're, we're basically talking about like a lock-in where somebody, one developer's made a decision to build it in a certain way and that then has a knock-on effect to make it harder to change for somebody else later down the line. And I wonder whether or not within everything we do, there's a there's a you know a level of lock-in like say jack you, you know you, you build a quick site for a client and you use beaver builder and then later down the line they might want to change that and then all of the content is stored in like nasty short codes in the post you know content or in post meta or however the page builder you know other page builders are available but other page builders store their content like 
is that creating a lock-in? Like, what's your your custom themes? Are they just kind of like a very simple PHP theme, starter theme, like an underscores, base, or whatever, like something that's much more um, widespreadly known? Yeah, good question. So quickly on Beaver Builder, um, I chose Beaver Builder uh, based on a couple of different comparisons of uh, various sort of theme builders, um, drag and drop sort of page builders that I, I had read before I, I went for it. And the reason I went for it is because the code it produces isn't bad and it's uh, well structured and trying to get your data out of it afterwards is is pretty straightforward if you were to disable the plugin or whatever. So that's the kind of reason I went for Beaver Builder and I've been very happy with it um, and I haven't really looked elsewhere since. Um, but on my custom theme, I think originally, and we're talking like 2011, 2012, it was based on Bones, uh, which was a very lightweight starter theme um but it's basically my own starter theme now i've mm. sort of developed it from there i don't think there's anything left from the original kind of bones code at all really i just needed something that was a a, a base uh, an empty base of a of a theme to to get kind of started on on building custom themes on so that was the the one i chose and that's kind of mm. how i stick stick with now and i kind of have two variants of it one is um more for you know my own my own stuff, my own um, SAS and and kind of PHP stuff. And the other one is more designed for um, a theme builder. So if I was to use Beaver Builder, so have this as the start theme, but then allow Beaver Builder to do its thing. So it just has some like extra stuff around like responsiveness of the theme and mm. stuff like that. But I guess that's that's still a very personal way of starting that perhaps somebody else for one of your clients might come to and later and go, well, I need to unpick how this theme is now connected with Beaver Builder and like I, I guess putting it another way if you found a, a, a different way to make your life easier as a developer but perhaps sacrifice some maintainability for the client in the future for you know a theoretical future dev do you would we consider would you consider that um you know the trade-off there like um is that something yeah, Mark you're I thinking of now Sorry, I think gentlemen. we do think about we do think about that quite a lot actually. I mean, we do use tools like Advanced Custom Fields, which you could argue locks you in slightly to that plugin, but it doesn't. It doesn't. You can you can use the data in Advanced Custom Fields without Advanced Custom Fields. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not as a not as much of a lock in as, as some of the other things, like you mentioned, the short code type things where it doesn't have the content very well and stuff like that. So we do. I mean, I think. I am all for um, making my code as easy to understand as possible for other people because actually that helps me as well. <laughs> How many times have you looked back at your own code and think, what the hell was I doing here? Yeah. Um, so I comment I comment loads of it and, and what's going on and I think, I hope, <laughs> I'd love to think, it's quite easy to understand. And I think that you should be thinking about that for your clients. I, th I think you know, I think that's important personally that they're not locked into something. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes it's necessary to deliver something, um, but where it's not necessary, I think we should be trying our best to make it a non-locking, really, as much as we can. I think that makes sense. Mm. Do you find, because you mentioned before, like the, the cost that a client might have to incur later, because originally they thought they were getting WordPress, which was easily flexible and open source and all of this, 
Do you find that many of your clients are actually aware of WordPress or are they asking for a website and they're being delivered a website and, you know, unknown to them, the implementation is WordPress? Most of our clients, historically, I would say, have come to us wanting WordPress. Mm. Whether they want um, the benefits that we've just been describing, I can't say, but I know they have come and wanted a WordPress website because essentially that's how they found us. If you look at our website, it's all sure. about WordPress development. Yeah. Um, so they come and you know they say they've either got a WordPress site and they want a new one, and I suppose therefore they may well be open to having something indifferent, but they tend to come because because of WordPress. So I think yes, they probably do want the benefits that WordPress can bring, which sometimes can be a negative, of course, because they want to be able to uh, sometimes do what they want, and we want to rein that back and say, well, actually, you don't, you don't want to do everything you want because of these reasons. Um, but I think what they do they do want WordPress. Yeah. And I guess, Jack, similar, to, similar for you? Yeah, similar in that I position myself as a person that deals with WordPress. Um, it, I think a lot of the time... It, I mean, it's it's rare these days that I feel like I have to sell WordPress to anybody because a lot of the people that talk to me know what it is already, um, and they've or they've used it in the past. If uh, if I ever ask for seller, I usually say it's a way for you to be able to edit your own website, you know, and and the the content within your website, you know. Um, I just want to go back to something you said about the the scale of using Timber um, because I think that to me at least, is what the part that makes the most sense. If you've got a large site um, or a client with a number of sites or you've got a number of clients that all use Timber and you've got these reusable sections, I think trying to streamline your development process and maximise your kind of profit overhead is, is, is probably the best usage I can imagine for something like Timber. Um, I can't... I can't see other use cases where it would be very useful to a single developer. Um, and let's say, you know, Mark, for example, you you know, you're coming at it from kind of, um, uh, you know, you're just yourself, small team kind of situation where you've been handed this thing. Do you know where it was built before? Was it a large company or a small company that, that made it? The current site we were trying to integrate with? Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a a, a, a mid sized agency. I think it was who built the site. Um, yeah. Okay. So that so sort probably, of makes sense then, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Probably that's one of the reasons they want to use those sorts of technologies. I think. I, yeah. I think, absolutely. I, I think Jack, that is a good point. And like I've seen it recently with, uh, you know, the 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 block editor that's now come in and become much more prevalent. And there's um, people that I know who work for agencies and they are just basically creating their own block library because their clients want the block editor and they're using the same types of blocks for different parts of content again and again. So it makes sense for them to streamline their process and use that have their own block library that they can just kind of deploy very quickly for clients and set it up. Um, so I think it's the same thing definitely, but you're right. It is the scale. Um, but I, th I think also it comes down to like what you know. Like even if you're a one solo freelancer and you've used Timber and Twig and you've kind of got over the hump of learning something new and starting with it and you kind of can see the power of it, I'm sure it's still very simple for those solo people to use it day in, day out and build new sites and um, kind of leverage or that, that leverage that compound knowledge that you you get every time you build a site 
with your same process because you improve on it and you're iterating and you can kind of um, use parts that you've learned before. I don't think that changes between just using like a simple, a WordPressy way theme or using something that's like heavily abstracted like Timber. I think you kind of, you're good at what you know, but I think it's obviously getting to that point and like we always talk about this, there's always the new shiny thing that you could learn and you could spend time trying to get a, a handle on and then it will be easy allegedly but you've still got to invest that time of learning i think you're right i think there's a lot of people go for a lot of things that they probably shouldn't do in my opinion i think people <laughs> and developers and i'd say we in that you know me we like to complicate things sometimes um when simplicity is what we probably should be trying to do and sometimes we can overkill things that then cause problems because we thought that they'd be better for some reason or other. <laughs> um, and I think we should all take a step back and think, you know, keep it simple. Try and keep it simple because that's usually the best approach. Yeah, that is so yeah. true. We do love to solve problems that don't perhaps exist yeah. now yeah. just because we know we can solve them. And it's the it's the chase. It's the It's the development kind of trap where we're like, oh, we can do it. We're going to do it. It's fine. I can solve it. And then like two days later, you pull your head up and you're like, why have I spent all that time going down that rabbit hole? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. I think uh, there's, there's lessons to be learned there. And I think, I, think, I think what we've concluded is that tools like Timber and, and, and Twig and maybe other ones as well probably do have their place. But I think it's finding that balance as to when you should use it and probably when you shouldn't use it. Um, like you say, if it's a big team and you've got lots of things that you need to reuse, maybe that's a good way of using it. But I think for a relatively simple WordPress build, I'm not so sure. Maybe maybe yeah. it's a bit overkill. But it, it's the again, right tool it's for difficult. the right job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult to answer because obviously the team the team that built it, they know it. They it's quick for them, even if there's only two people working it. Like you said, you know, if you if, you, if it's what you know, then it's quicker <laughs> yeah so it's it's really it's really difficult so uh yeah I, I just found it frustrating obviously not knowing it and what what would have been or should have been a relatively simplish integration has become too complicated for the client which is a shame um because they, ultimately they can't get what they want yeah i think that is an interesting thing as well because with wordpress themes like if you're running a woocommerce site WooCommerce has templates and you can easily um, change those templates by creating files in your theme. And I don't know how perhaps Timber, well, evidently it doesn't work very well with integrations with plugins because you kind of need to know it, it, you know, very inside and out. Whereas that is perhaps a downside that can you just quickly create a WooCommerce uh, directory within your theme and add some PHP files and get it up and running. I I doubt that you can from what we've seen. So that is perhaps think, a negative. I think you've hit the nail on the head because, like you said, there, like it doesn't work well with pl- plugins integrations with other plugins. Well, I'm sure there's going to be someone out there that shouts, "Yes, it does. It works beautifully well. You can do everything you want with it." Yeah. The point is, we don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? That's that was the point. Is I'm sure I'm sure you can get it to to work with it, with with most things. Yeah. It's just that it adds that barrier of of entry and learning that we can't because we don't know how. That's why. Yeah. <clears throat> indeed. No, I think it was a a good discussion, and uh, yeah, it's nice to nice to chat to you again, Mark. And I think unless yeah, Jack, good. unless you've got anything else you want to cover, I think we can 
perhaps wrap it up before Zoom kills on us as usual. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I don't think so. Um, I think the only thing I wanted to add is that I wonder if there are timbers for other uh, CMSs and things out there because t- timber is ultimately a WordPress thing. Um, are is this a problem with other CMSs? Is there a timber for Drupal and so on? Is it because WordPress is so widely used? That people feel the need to produce, um, you know, things such as as Timber to improve upon it. Is it an issue because of using WordPress rather than you know someone just trying to shoehorn something else in um, oh, yeah. to it? I, I, it's a, it's an open ended question, really. I'd be interested to know. My 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 scope of knowledge is limited mostly to WordPress, so. I think that the you know as an open-ended question, perhaps rhetorical, but I'll, I'll go in anyway. The the I think the main thing with Timber is that WordPress and its approach to PHP in files that are the display, the render, you know, the template files is a bit antiquated. And Timber brings mm-hmm. a more MVC sort of model view controller approach that mm-hmm. modern PHP applications, Symfony, Laravel, all that sort of stuff that has. So developers are perhaps who you know, work across those technologies are more familiar with. And MVC has benefits for definite because that is a, you know, a system of, of development that is quite widespread amongst other programming, programming languages, frameworks and whatever. So I think that's, yeah. that's what it's trying to bring in uh, and address in WordPress because, yeah, WordPress is legacy in a lot of ways. So. I suppose that leads leads to question. Maybe this is a different podcast, but should WordPress move towards that model then, uh, and leave its old antiquated files that are you know have got both in them? Um, it's a difficult question because I think part of the reason why WordPress is popular is because it's really easy just to dive into those files, and make changes, and and see them happening. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's probably a question for a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's been a really useful discussion, and Mark. Thanks for coming on and just kind of elaborating on that um, Twitter discussion that we we're having. It was really good to kind of get into the into the nitty gritty there and and try and understand, I guess, all parts of that argument. Um, You're welcome. It was good good to be back on the show and uh, good to chat about that. So thanks for having me. Yeah, nice. And just quickly, where can people find you online and and who are you again? Uh, <laughs> I am Mark. Uh, I um, you can find me at highrise.digital. That's our website, or you can probably get me on Twitter. I am WP Mark on Twitter. Nice, thanks again. And um, yeah, if anyone's listening and has experience of using Timber Twig, Lumberjack, or anything like that, I, I might uh, reach out to Adam to see if we can perhaps get a counter argument on another podcast. That might be quite good. Um, and yeah, so let us know if you're using those toolings, or perhaps you've had a horror story using them as well. Um, and again, it, yeah, if, if you've liked the show, please leave us a review. Um, what's, is the URL, is it review or iTunes, Jack? I never can un- remember. I did say Yeah, that. I think it's pressingmatters.fm forward slash review. Brilliant, yeah. Well, thanks for listening and chat to you next time, Jack. And thanks again, Mark. Yeah, no problem. Cheers. Bye-bye.